Welcome back to FOMO Sapiens, the show for entrepreneurial thinkers. I'm your host, Patrick J. McGinnis, and it's Tuesday, so you know what that means. It's time for another round of Pat GPT. Our topic today is how to choose a co-founder, not just how to choose, but also how to actually go through the process of finding somebody. That's what I want to talk about. All right, so that is the topic. Ready? Start generating. All right, how do we choose a business partner for a new venture? It is super important because you can do it on your own. You can do that. But a lot of people find that having a business partner really critical. Number one, accountability. Number two, you just bring a whole other set of skills and relationships and knowledge to the table. Number three, resilience, just like having somebody else there who can support you, cry with you, celebrate with you, be there when you're sick, all that stuff. Hold your hair back when you're throwing up in the toilet because you got a stomach flu and you're pitching in Toronto, stuff like that. Not that ever happened to me, did not happen that. But that is the topic for today. I got four things to look for and then I have three ways to find that person. So really we're talking lucky number seven today right after this break. FOMO. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you improve efficiency by bringing all major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. And with rising prices everywhere you look, you got to do the math and save money. Good news, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to netsuite.com slash FOMO. That's netsuite.com slash FOMO. netsuite.com slash FOMO. Tudo bem, meus queridos FOMO sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese. And as you know, I love speaking foreign languages. But I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Now, FOMO Sapiens, you know I speak four languages, and it takes work to stay on top of them, especially with French. C'est difficile. But with Babbel, I'm able to practice practical conversations that I can actually use in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. FOMO. All right, everybody. Pat GPT, talking about what to look for in a co-founder. Number one, look for somebody who compliments you, skills and expertise. So the great teams that I've seen together are the ones where you have some overlap, knowledge of an industry or something like that, 
but that there's a clear division of what the people want to do and what they're good at. If you're both fighting for the same airtime, if you're both like, I love fundraising, well, who's going to run the business, right? And so I just think about in my own company that I've started recently, the X Quotient, we have that. We have some folks who want to be out really external. We have some folks who want to do more of the thinking through the business model. Like I'm very obsessed with brand ID and my partners, they care obviously. And I think they have to opine on it, but that's not the, what lights them up. Right. So I really took the lead on that stuff on some of the stuff around the research for our process. That was one of my partners. And so what's great is you're never fighting over airtime and it's great too because you start to realize like, oh, this thing I really like to do, I don't, it's not for everybody. This thing that I love doing may not be what somebody else enjoys doing. And the thing that I don't want to do, like for example, take notes during a call and then follow up. Well, some people love doing that, shockingly. And so having those complementary skills and expertise, very important, makes things better. Number two, vision and values. And this is about aligning, going in. What are we trying to build here? What do we know about that now? And what don't we know, but may have to decide later? What are our expectations around roles, commitment, the way that we work, values, a lot of that stuff. And these are the conversations that are uncomfortable sometimes, not necessarily, but folks tend to sort of either really take it on or ignore it because they're like, I don't want to ask that hard question. Like, <laughs> do you think it's moralistically acceptable to do X, Y, Z, stuff like that? Or if something comes up that feels a little off, you know, it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to harsh the mellow this early in our relationship. Ask the hard questions, have the hard convos when there is nothing at stake. You may save yourself a lot of time and energy and find out, hey, very nice person, but not my person before you spend a lot of time and energy and money and all the other things building something. And then you have something to really fight over potentially because there's value or perception of value. When there's no value, the stakes are low, you can have all these conversations. Number three, following up on that, trust and communication. So this is a big thing that I see people get wrong a lot. Now, this usually doesn't happen if you know the person well. If you know somebody really well, Trust and communication is not the issue. It's when you don't know the person, they're new to you. And that's where it's important to do your due diligence. So when you meet somebody that you think maybe could be a great co-founder, partner, you really have to go deep. You have to be like a PI, a bloodhound going after the scent and asking around, going through your network to get references, asking the person for references. Because what's kind of shocking is people will give you people to talk to and they may not even realize what that person truly thinks of them. So if you, if your business partner to be gives you their old boss's number and you talk to that person and that person has concerns, first of all, it's not surprising because people tend to be pretty honest. They don't want somebody to make a mistake and get into something bad if they've had a bad experience. But also it just really saves you again time. And so figuring out that kind of stuff. And if somebody doesn't want to give you those close contacts, they're not like, they're like, I can't really tell you anybody to talk to who knows me super well. There you go. There's no trust right there. So trust communication, really important. And the way to figure that out is to look into somebody's background and make sure there is a clean track record. Make sure you Google them. You'll never believe. I actually today, somebody was talking about how they wanted to have a meeting with somebody. Did I know this person? I did know that person. And I said, listen, 
I know this person. Did you know that they were sued for these three things? Just like Google it. And by the way, it is on Google. Just know it may, it doesn't mean they're disqualified necessarily, but you should know before you start doing business with people, getting associated with people, what they have in their history that could be of concern. Because God forbid you become business partners with this person and then suddenly you're in a fundraising process and the investors come and say, hey, guess what? Uh, we found this lawsuit. And you're like, what lawsuit? Well, that is not where you want to be. And I have had that happen. Sometimes you got to dig pretty hard to find this stuff, but the internet makes it easy. So you want to make sure. And if you find out somebody has not told you something, that's a huge red flag. Not necessarily, they don't necessarily get the boot for that, but the question is why? Finally, commitment, dedication. This is really about like, and there's this crazy story I heard to this point that kind of says it all. Co-founders of Zip Car Company went public later on. They were going to go 50-50. They did go 50-50 on the way they did that part of the business. But one person worked on it until IPO. The other person, I believe I went on maternity leave and then sort of never came back. But yet they kind of split the business 50-50. And so <laughs> you can't end up in that situation. Understanding who's going to do what and the commitment level of each person. And this happens a lot in new ventures where maybe somebody still has a job and somebody's full time or something like that. You need to lay that out and it needs to be adjustable. If somebody ends up leaving after six months, they shouldn't get half the company. So that is super important too. And again, have that hard conversation up front. Now, how to do this, how to find somebody great to be your business partner. Number one is pitch your business idea just like you're pitching for investment. So my friend Leslie, who factors into the 10% entrepreneur, when she had an idea for a business, she made a deck and she went around talking to everybody she knows, pitching the idea, but saying, listen, I'm pitching this idea because I'm looking for a co-founder and she found somebody great. So go around and pitch that idea everywhere you can. Make a little deck, explaining your vision, what you're looking for, and you'll lay it out in a really spectacular way. That is number one. Number two, just do that informally in all your conversations. Just like when you're looking for a new job or an investment opportunity, just like work it in. What do you do? Well, and like you're at a dinner party. What do you do, Patrick? Well, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm starting a company in this space. And, you know, it's interesting. I'm actually looking for a co-founder. Let me tell you about what we're doing. And if you know anybody great that you really know, I would love ideas. You never know where that will lead. It takes five seconds. And by the way, this person may, may say, oh, by the way, I want to invest, right? You can turn in some other things. But talking about your idea, socializing it, first of all, you just become better at that pitch. Second of all, you never know where you're going to find a great co-founder. And finally, this is a crazy one, but I swear to God, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. So many people find their business partners, investors, employees on LinkedIn. It's a great way to do it. You because you can kind of find anything on there. People put all their info. You find exactly what you want. I want, say you're starting the old jam company we talked about a couple weeks back. The old jam company. Find somebody who worked at Smuckers. Call them up. Just cold call them. People are always happy to chat if you're nice and honest and you are persistent. It may not be them, but they may know somebody who could be your great partner. So just go out and find, try to find the ideal person on LinkedIn who you're like, wow, if I could just get anybody, that would be the person. Maybe it's like somebody super senior that's well-known. I mean, fine, just hit them up, email them, reach out, go to a conference where they're speaking, just do it. People ask me all the time for advice on LinkedIn or in person, and I'm happy to give it. Do I want to give 17 hours of advice? Not necessarily, but I am more than happy if somebody reaches out to have 
a communication with them. All right, so that is it. That's how you find a business partner. Now we'll be back on Thursday with another episode of FOMO Sapiens. Until then, stop generating and take care of yourselves, FOMO Sapiens. FOMO. FOMO Sapiens is recorded in New York City. Theme music is by Mike McGinnis and editing and post-production is by Josh Elstro. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me at FOMOSapiens.com and at PatrickMcGinnis.com. To advertise on FOMOSapiens, reach out to contact at FOMOSapiens.com.